Welcome to the Amazing Stories podcast by Play to Your Strengths. Play to Your Strengths is a Minnesota-based nonprofit that helps people discover their strengths, imagine the possibilities, and write a compelling life story. Today we're interviewing Julie Idy, the president of Amplify Mission Network. Amplify launched in Minnesota last July out of a national organization called the Barnabas Group. Their mission is to form partnerships between emerging nonprofit ministries and Christians in the marketplace to amplify kingdom impact. Her story is filled with valuable insight and lessons learned. Let's dive in. Julie, as a leader, what do you get paid to do? Well, I am the president of Amplify Mission Network, so as a leader, I actually get paid to amplify the voices of two different um, groups of people. The first group of people I get to help amplify their voices are our nonprofit ministries that I work with. And because the nonprofits I work with are emerging, they often don't have a platform or a very loud voice. So I help them um, find their voice and uh, find places to share their message. The other a uh, group of people that I help amplify their voice are our partners. They often have gifts and talents, but don't know where to apply those. And so I help connect them with those emerging ministries to use their voices. Cool. And what do you enjoy most about this position? My favorite part is coffee or lunch or breakfast, listening to the stories of the nonprofit ministries. That is the most exciting part for me usually because I hear men and women tell me where the idea got planted or where God opened their eyes to a vision, to a mission, and then hear the steps that God walked them through to birth something. So that's so exciting to hear that. It just stirs my faith and my um, my inspiration that God is at work uh, all over the place. And the second place I love is to hear our partners who connect with some of these ministries to hear the transformation that actually takes place in their own life when they get their hands dirty and they get out of their chair and they start working with these ministries and realize that that together they can have a huge impact in the world. What would you say that your strengths are and maybe how have they helped you to succeed? So one of my strength finders, of course, is a big deal that everybody does it. And one of my um, top strengths is learner. And I think that has um, stood me in really good stead because I'm always learning and looking to learn. So I'm not afraid um, to tell people I don't know, help me understand, to go get more information or go find the experts that can help me. So I think the best way um, that I've been able to be successful and lead is to surround myself with people that are really actually much smarter than me and they help me be better. Is this a type of role that you ever thought you would work in? Actually, it's not. I, um, when I went back, um, when I thought about going back to work after I had some time off, I, someone challenged me to make a short list of the ideal job and so I wrote down five things and I pulled that out um, about three months into this job to look at it and all five who I and I didn't think those five went together so I didn't think it was possible to have those five together in one job 
but every single one of those five things were hit and I'm trying I didn't bring the list but I'll try and recall them right now one was I wanted it to have some international focus um, I wanted it to be flexible so that I could be the one making the decisions um, part of that has to do with my age um, and I wanted it to actually make a difference so if I was n not working in if the organization I was working for was not around would people notice so I didn't want it to just be um, making widgets mm -hmm. um, God, I can't remember the other two but when I um, got the opportunity to lead Amplify it was a very very small organization with about 30 partners, um, which are marketplace leaders, and um, really no pipeline of nonprofits in, in the works. So I was handed this um, tiny infant and told to grow it. And then they said, have fun. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I have an entrepreneurial um, background with my dad and my mom who just encouraged me to try new things. And um, so all those things stood me in good stead when someone gave me something and said, here, grow it, and I won't tell you how. What disciplines or values have been really important to you? Um, my faith has been instrumental and the foundation that my parents laid about the, um, the importance of showing up um, and that you know that ties into our theme for Amplify. Every year we have a theme and I take it from my personal life and it seems to usually fit with Amplify and this year it's showing up. So that's a key value that I have and I think our world struggles with showing up. And so um, that's the continual challenge I have to myself and to others is to be present. Um, because when you're present to people um, you have so much more ability to not only influence their life, but help them to um, see themselves and see um, God's love for them. What's your personal theory or philosophy of leadership? Um, so because I'm an entrepreneur, um, I heard this term uh, in the last year or two from a friend that I met who runs a very cool um, company called Studio E and they do entrepreneurial leadership and they do it for Fortune 100, 500 companies, the targets in the United House, um, with the f idea that we can sit around all day and have strategies and charts and, and talk through things, but unless you're willing to actually activate on ideas you won't get any information. So one of the things he taught me is the acronym MVP, um, meaning minimum viable progress. So the idea is you make a decision, take an action, evaluate the action, make another decision, act, take another action, evaluate it, and you keep moving forward in incremental bits and pieces and not the big ones that take a year to implement and activate and you actually move forward and move your organizational forward much more in more quickly and in healthier ways because 
you surround yourself with a lot of voices and people have ownership in it and it's not just a top-down approach that you need your whole team on it so I, I try and implement MVP whenever I can can you tell me about a challenge that you faced I would say um, I am actually a single mom of three and raised three kids by myself and took time out of my um, from my career to to raise them because for me I wanted to not ever look back and say wow I wish I could have should have been available more available and since I was the only one in their life at that point um, I wanted to do the best that I could so I took um, a, a good chunk of time off so when I was looking at getting back into my career having launched my last child I thought wow am I relevant do I have anything to offer? I'm not sure I understand the tech world enough to be able to navigate it. So I had a, probably more questions and insecurities, but um, I, my parents raised a confident daughter and from a very young age told me that I was capable. And so I dug deep and remembered my roots and I also surrounded myself with some really good friends that were supportive. and. Um, my faith probably was the most instrumental in realizing God is with me in this. So I uh, jumped in head first and when I was offered a job to um, be president of an organization, I was um, intimidated but didn't let it show. And I dove in head first and as I said earlier, I surrounded myself with some really smart people that spoke into my life as I was trying to build out this organization. And um, God actually, so I'm a type A personality and a control freak, my children would tell you. <laughs> and when you're in a situation where you don't feel in control, that's where God shows up and works the biggest and that's where he showed up to work the biggest in my life at Amplify um, because there are so many moving pieces and things I can't control my hands are much open more open and I hold things more loosely and when you hold things loosely and more open especially for me God is able to show up in ways that I could never see him before because I was in control and I didn't need him but um, in order to do uh, an excellent job with the ministries and the partners I work with I need God to show me how to do that and when I allow him to do that um, he shows up in spades so it's been so cool for my faith personally and I think for Amplify has benefited from it as well of all the things that you're working on what is the next adventure or the next goal that you're excited about so I love our learning Academy it is two years old and um, it is growing and changing every year but I'm most excited about seeing what has happened when you gather 30 um, leaders of organizations that are just emerging and growing together in one room because I just thought we'd be speaking into their ministries and their lives and helping them build a stronger business foundation of which to launch their businesses, but they are absolutely equally teaching me and each other what they can bring to the table and what they have been gifted with and their best practices. 
And so the community that's forming among these leaders and um, executive directors is a community that I think will be powerful in changing the places of need in this community in Minnesota and also abroad in the world. So um, I'm super excited to see where that goes. Thank you for tuning in to the Amazing Stories podcast by Play to Your Strengths. We hope you'll join us again as we share more stories from amazing leaders. And remember, get out there and play to your strengths. Check, one, two, check, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, no, they were all good. They were good because, like okay. I told you, I'm probably going to use them for some um, kickoff. Great. I'm so glad. Yeah, um, for sure. I think one of the things in this, it was my struggle, and I don't care if you take me on this. Yeah. Um, when you're asked, there was the third question, um, what, where's the innovation or inspiration from? Yeah. And because I'm in the public school, I often filter uh, some of this answer, mm. and I have connectedness as one of my five strengths. Yeah. Oh, do you? And I am fiercely, um, very supportive of the idea that everybody has a spark of the divine, mm-hmm. and that if you are conscious to it and you're listening, then you will be directed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I'm a lot of my inspiration, I do a lot of networking and talk to people, and because I love to learn and blah, blah, and I listen to what kids need. But my answers come in the quiet. Okay. I when I don't have clarity or I'm not sure, and I it's not like I hear the voice of God saying answer, you know it's not like that, but it's like I will often wake up and have clarity, or I'll be uh, interacting with somebody and all of a sudden I'll be like oh okay I got and it may not be you yeah, yeah. that's giving me the answer but it, it'll be the experience mm-hmm. because I that interconnectedness is super powerful, mm-hmm. and the I do my best decision-making my best leadership when I am actually true to that and I, I am reflective and go into the quiet. Yeah. Oh, I love how you okay. said that. Yeah, you're going to need to say that again. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> so some good. people think, yeah. ooh, cuckoo, you, yeah. know, I, you know, but I, I'm like, eh. Yeah. And so I have to filter part of it, and I think that Steve told me before connectedness had been something Spirituality. else. Spirituality. Right, and and I feel very comfortable with that too. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, when I first did this, I gave all my family um, before Christmas a strengths finder, oh, really? and we all did it. Oh, cool! And it was super interesting because there were some behaviors from my son and my dad, in particular, both yeah. that were intermingled, like strengths. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's why you irritate that. and it was good to know though right yes good to be aware of and my husband and I were very different except we both have connectedness and that drives a lot of our relationship we've been married 25 years now in September congratulations yeah Yeah. thanks Yeah. yeah so it's a really interesting thing how that but that was probably the hardest for me to phrase the rest of this no good okay no it was fun actually Good. I I like these questions, and I sit down just about they're every excellent. quarter to yes. refresh on them and yeah. see if there's changes or yeah. maybe they're all the same every quarter. But I'm I'm glad that they work. 
They are very good, yeah. and they're interchangeable. Yes. In fact, I went to dinner at my cousin's last night. He's a very high-powered broker, oh, and okay. she was a stay-at-home mom, and now she's doing some other work in the community. And we talked about, can you put your own job in this question? Uh, and I didn't have the questions, but I said it, was a, it had money attached to it, the first question, mm -hmm. which for me gave me a lot of pause. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Good, good. All right. Okay. So um, I will do an intro about you when I'm not with you. So it'll sure. just be a canned, like, here's who we're talking to today. Yeah, that's fine. But usually it just starts pretty dry and we'll dive in. All right. Okay, cool. All right. So we are here with uh, Nancy Shav, principal of, how should I say it? So Noka Hennepin Regional and Technical High Schools. There are two Perfect. campuses. Perfect. Yeah, All right. So that. that's where we are today. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that better in my, in my canned script, but... Um, my first question is, as a leader, what do you get paid to do? So this question gives a person pause because as a leader, that um, implies that there's an, in, in, um, an, a, a commitment that's internal. And an external commitment, of course, would be that I get paid and, you know, I, I can pay my bills, which is wonderful. But to be a leader, that's an internal thing in my mind. And so I really believe it's my job to be the keeper of the vision for my building and my organization. And that I and then with once I'm the keeper of the vision and convey that to others, our mission is how we do it and how it's implemented. And I have to make sure that that is clear and that I'm able to support people in their work toward the mission and what we do every day. It's like our practice every day. And we have to revisit that because sometimes it doesn't feel like that's correct anymore. And we have to, you know, look again at the vision, but I have to be the one that is 100% clear on that. Um, and then the other fun part about being the leader in the building is that I get to go out and talk about my program. And <laughs> I love it. And I love my students and I love my community, my teachers. And it's just that part is really fun for me. And I feel like um, when, I, when I do do that outside of my building, that I have the opportunity to touch more students and families that could really benefit from our school. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. And how many years have you been here? 15 years. 15 now. I know. It's crazy. I started when I was 40. So that is, yeah. And I thought, oh, I just stay for a year or two. It was my first admin job. I was an assistant principal. And then I got a job offer the year after the first year. And I thought, oh, I can't be a gadfly and like run around. I have to stay at least two years. Well, then after that, never mind. <laughs> and 15 later. <laughs> yeah, and 15 years later, I'm still here. My principal retired, um, I think, nine years ago now, and then I became principal. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And what are you enjoying most about this position now? Uh, I love to meet different people and hear their stories. And most people come to me because their stories are about school, you know, and their experiences at school, good or bad or whatever they are. And then I... I like to match them with how uh, whatever it is that they need, how we can find a solution for them. And usually I can figure it out within my programs, or if not mine, I know enough other people that we can recommend another space because really parents and students are just seeking, you know, some place that they feel comfortable and they can have success. So I love that part of my job. And then of course the last day of the year, well not the last technical day, but the last day of the school year is graduation. Mm -hmm. 
and that's the fruition of all of that, you know, conversation and planning. And, and I, I just love it because there are students that come in that aren't really here for the love of learning. And I, you know, you have to kind of hold that high watch for them. And there are days on a Tuesday or Wednesday where they don't want to go anywhere. I have to remind them I outpicture them in that cap and gown. Mm. And then that day that you see them walk across the stage and I get to meet the whole row of family that's there to celebrate, that's like the best day ever. Yeah, so that's why I love my job. Oh, that's such I a do great love my thing job. to celebrate. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. It's great. So I know connectedness is one of your top it strengths. Is. It is. Um, I can't remember the other four right now or some yeah. of your other top ten or so. But um, <laughs> how have you used those? I've seen your connectedness is really good at bringing inspiration and mm -hmm. pulling people together mm -hmm. as a resource. But talk a little bit more about how that works for you. So within a, uh, our setting, it's very important for me to have all people included. And so equity is probably the mainstay of how I, how I manifest that connectedness, at least in a school setting. Um, I want all students to come in and have that spark recognized and that we will find it if they forgot what it is and we will help them go with that direction and the, and usually once a person is inspired about their own gifts and talents they they'll just go with it right and then you're just there to support and coach so that's part of it the other part um, the other pieces of my in my strengths finder I have input and input is very important to me in the sense that I collect information and I again I like to connect my students needs family needs with other organizations and things throughout the community and that's been that's been really important in my life and how I've done my profession and I try and be a little avant-garde in my connections so maybe we're gonna partner with another school or maybe we're gonna partner with an organization we wouldn't normally do like a business or a rotary and bring people in to an at-risk school to talk to kids because it's always a surprise for them that our students are really put together they really are students, right? Yeah. And it, that's, a, that's a great thing to do. And then when they see those people in the community, it just reaffirms that they are wonderful and you know, their skills are there and they want to invite them in. And so it's really cool. It's been a, that's been really powerful. I'm also a learner like most teachers. <laughs> and, and so every day, you know, I, I love to learn. There's just nothing, nothing I don't like to learn about. So it's fun. It's really yeah. exciting. I can imagine that input and learner together, they just set you on fire for any topic, any information. Always. That's awesome. And so I have kids that will come in here and, and they may be interested in machining, which I don't know a lot about. Yeah. But, oh, they know about it and I can't wait to do the research with them and talk about it and, you know, set them up with someone. And right now the way our, um, our economy is, especially in Anoka, uh, our students are being hired off the floor at my other wow. campus in machining with really viable jobs and they're part of the community and, and making enough money that they can actually manifest whatever their dreams are right so it's been it's just so exciting there's just never a dull time <laughs> good good yeah. absolutely that's so fantastic um so you walk alongside a lot of students and mm -hmm. as well as your staff that's part of your role have you had somebody that specifically mentored you over the years or helped mm -hmm. contribute to get you to this position I have had many people who have mentored me, and mostly women, when I think about awesome. it. Women in my family, um, women that had children who had struggles, 
and they were, you know, they were real and they needed people to listen and be part of the solution. I also was fortunate enough to work with some really powerful women when I started teaching and they were they were huge influences on me and I, I may I have made an effort now that I'm older to thank them and tell them that. Uh, I think the the um, two men in my life, one was a minister that I worked with after my son had a, a very big life-changing accident and we had to do some really reflective work within our family and look at what that meant and at the time my son had to finish at an ALC and at and I had no idea that that would ever be anything I'd be led to do and that really made a difference and this minister who is now um, who's now transitioned and he's he's left the this place um, was so powerful along with my husband who is a leveler <laughs> and he is a good listener oh, so good. yes so anyway, yes, a lot of people, and uh, there are, I'm sure there's mentors out there I'll meet every day, because you never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you are mentoring so many, which is yeah. really cool to see the cycle then continue. Thank you, I try. You've had great mentors, and then you pass it on, and that's yeah. what I really like to see. I think that's great. Yeah, thank you. I, I really hope I am. Yeah. That I hope I'm open to that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of why we're here, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your personal philosophy of leadership? Okay, hmm. Um, so I think leadership overall is, I, I, would, uh, I would identify myself as a servant leader so that I will be alongside whoever is in my organization. I would not ask them to do something I'm not willing to do. And I would never, um, I would never like expect that it's a top-down thing. That's not my style. You can probably see by my office and everything else, that's not really my thing. Um, so I like to empower people and to and to help them be their own leaders. It only makes your community stronger. Specifically in a school, being a leader is a fine line um, because I am the keeper of the vision and our and what our mission is to help students progress. So we're really student centered. This is they're our clients. That's what we do. But it's a fine line to balance in supporting our teachers at the same time because we're an at-risk building, and it's stressful, mm -hmm. and it can be stressful. So we have to balance that student-centeredness with a teacher support, mm -hmm. and so that piece as a leader in a school is a little different okay. than I think a leader in any other kind of business. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. how much uh, of team building have you done? here or what has been your process or maybe the secret sauce to making that yeah. happen? So I, I, I'll be honest, there are years that are, are more productive than others. And when you get new people into the mix, then you have to kind of start again and make sure everyone's included. We have used StrengthsFinder uh, and we've gone on several retreats with our staff. Every new staff member gets a StrengthsFinder book and they take the um, they take the test and then we share that. And we like to have um, at least one or two trainings, you know, extending that so people can really recognize what other strengths are. Mm -hmm. Because the thing that I've learned the longer I'm in this is that people love their strengths and they really understand them, but not everyone else does. Mm -hmm. And the other piece that's a reflective piece for yourself is that you can work in your balcony in your strength area, but then you can also go to your basement when you're not really manifesting your best self. And that's important for everyone to know. 
And so you can do that in a way that's much uh, more productive. So that's how we do some team building. Um, we try and do some listening, and my staff overwhelmingly has requested that we do more enrichment, more fun activities. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to try and implement that again this year because that's when that whole kind of school stress gets set aside and we get to, like, play and know each other and laugh and do different things. So, yeah, so that's it's, – it's a work in progress all the time, though. And you have to be a really good listener because there are times that your organization isn't going to be, you know, always running on the sweet spot. It, it can be stressful. Life is stressful. Working in groups is stressful, and working in a school of at-risk youth can be stressful. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure you put time aside to listen and support staff in particular so that they can do their own self-care. And we try and we try and do that. I, I think that that's something that we're always going to work and strive to be better at. This is definitely a high action building. Like yeah, it's very busy. It's never dull. <laughs> no. Um, and I love what you just said about your your balconies and your basements and yes. being aware of your own and mm -hmm. what does it look like maybe self-care is involved in that to be really working in your sweet spot and also being aware of others. Um, what does it look like for you for doing those self-care things or perhaps where do your dreams and creative ideas come from in that time? So... I'm going to refer back to connectedness, which I think used to be spirituality, mm -hmm. and and I'll be very frank about it. I um, I am driven by the idea that everybody is connected, and that you meet people, and all things are connected with that spark of the divine, or however people want to interpret that. And so, as long as you are open to that, and you are striving to recognize that in everyone then it's it's really easy to figure out solutions or make plans and that kind of thing when i am at my um, most perplexed is when i i'm not connected and i'm not thinking and i tend to be reactive so my best clarity is when i can be in the quiet okay and then all of a sudden it will come to me or it may come to me through another person or through another experience. And then all of a sudden I understand that, oh, get, I get it now. And so those are really powerful things because it happens every day all the time if you're willing. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting thing. So connectedness is very important in, in that. That's how I get inspired. And then, of course, networking and meeting people because the, <laughs> the brain trust of everyone else is amazing. So it's so fun. <laughs> I'm hearing learner and input again. Oh, yeah. Are you? I just love it. It's just like, oh. So, is yeah, it's good. And I, I like to talk to people outside of education. Okay. Because yeah. I've been, you know, I, I've been in education a long time. I've been a student and, the, you know, I'm 55 years old. So I was a student and then I was a learner and then I went and now I'm still. So here I am. And it's interesting to get a perspective outside in the business world, how they look at things or um, how a separate organization would look at team building or look at how do you make decisions and what is that based on. And so those are really interesting pieces for me because it's hard when you, you know, when you've only been in education, you know, how, to, how can you step outside sometimes to bring in a fresh perspective and make that something that will, will support everybody. 
Yeah. Have you always worked in education, or was this where you thought that you would no, end up? I always have. I thought okay. when I was in high school I wanted to be a nurse, and then I'm not good with blood, and that was <laughs> that kind of nixed that whole Throws idea. That out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But I do love kids. I have always loved kids. I love teaching. Um, that's my, you know, I just love it. I get to meet kids every day, not as much as I used to, but now I'm meeting adults and, and, you know, trying to align their students or, you know, students in the community with where they could best be served for school. So, yeah, that's fantastic. I love hearing that. What would you say would be one of the best, uh, experiences for a young person if they wanted to become a better leader Mm -hmm. or be successful in their leadership? I think that um, I think that having exposure to groups, lots of different groups of people and belief systems, in a way that is respectful, because we are lacking that in a lot of arenas right now, and people are intolerant. So, in a non-judgmental um, way, if we can mix with each other and understand each other and actually work toward understanding, and then you know, if you have those skills you will be successful no matter where you go. And especially if you have the listening piece, the respectful listening piece. And to hold that while you're, while you're with someone that maybe you don't agree with, and if we can help students learn how to do that and actually listen to the other person, then that makes them human, and that makes us human, and it makes our own position even more strong, right? And you'll be able to do anything. I, I don't care where you work. You could, you could work at Starbucks or you could be the CEO of a company if you have that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really believe that. And then, of course, knowledge. I mean, I'm a learner, so I think everybody should be reading and, you know, experiencing all sorts of things. So, you know, that part, of course. But you have to have that basic tenant that you are open and willing to hear someone else. Are those some of the disciplines that you have had that have also helped in getting you to this level as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I think in, in um, my childhood, my dad is an aeronautical engineer, so he's kind of the analytical kind of type, but my mom was a social worker, and it was very, very, very important that, um, you know, I grew up in a middle-class um, home, and white privilege wasn't really known at that time. I Of course, I'm aware of it, and I get it now. And now when I look at how we were raised, it was very important that – equity and uh, we are given this privilege so you have a responsibility to look at others and how you interact with others and make sure that you're leveling that playing field and so I'm so grateful because that's something that you know maybe I didn't have the that vocabulary then but that was instilled in me also work ethic we you know we're hard workers and I respect people who work hard and no matter what your job is if you bring that to your job and you work hard to show up you're pleasant and you look at others as a, a great part of your team, then that's such a joyful experience. So, yeah, I think that those are pieces that really are probably the the cornerstone of a lot of it. Yeah, and then of course all the experiences I've had. Yeah, yeah. that actually is a really good segue because I did not prep you for this question. Okay. So feel free to think about it. All I right, it's gonna be scary. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't send you this question in advance, but I was curious of all the things that you've experienced mm-hmm. and done so far. What's your next dream? What's the next goal that you have? So there's, I always have something in there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right, in my pocket. So right now we are working really hard to invite um, 
English language learners into my adult campus. And these are people who are new to country, and that's always um, not the most popular thing to do right now in, um, in our communities, in our society. And, but these are people who have made the effort, for whatever reason, to come to this country and work very hard and learn the language and assimilate. So my dream is to open my campus, and we have done it, we're in our third year now, and allow um, students who maybe are between the ages of 18 and 21 working on their language skills, but also will participate at the college level or the technical level to start a career. And these, um, these are pathways that will open up you know, all sorts of things for people. Because if you're successful and you have a little money in your pocket, you're going to contribute to the community. Your family's going to be happy. You're going to find your faith place you want to be. And it'll all be, you know, it's, it's all going to line up. So the more opportunities and the bigger our circle is of inclusion, the better it's going to look. So that's my dream. I would like to be able to, you know, have a, a large um, English language population. Yeah. At that campus, we are we're working on it. We have we started with six students, and um, next year we'll have forty-eight. Wow! So yeah, wow. congratulations! Yeah, thanks. On that. That's it has an been dream. really successful. Like, in the, so we're not done. Yeah. But it's been successful in the sense that that um, we've had students earn up to eighteen credits in college or technical. The last um, last year, we have a young man that finished his whole first year of autos. And his dream is to own um, an auto shop. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing. And he's an amazing kid. Now, at this campus, it's a very different campus. So this is 10 through 12 traditional. Um, we have noticed an uptick in students with significant mental health and chemical um, needs. Now, they might be dual. So it's hard sometimes. They're not really separate because they kind of come together often. And there are students that are let out of treatment because of insurance or, I don't know, weird reasons. And all of a sudden, they land on our doorstep. And, we, and it could be on a Tuesday. And we were so reactive in the last few years to just trying to figure out, whoa, what do you do? And, and these kids are coming out of a highly structured, supportive treatment space into back into a high school. Now, we're smaller than Blaine or the big high schools, but we're still a high school. So we have been trying to create a pilot program that will answer the needs to students who are exiting treatment and that we would create this um, cohort of students coming out that um, they would be supported at at least bookended during the day in the morning and the afternoon and then at, and also at lunch where we're checking in, helping them transition. And many students want to go back to their home high schools, but many students stay here. So we're trying to be proactive, not reactive. And in doing that, I think that um, we're going to fill a need that hasn't been filled. I have not found another school that does that. And so we're kind of making it up as we go along right now. <laughs> Adaptability is good. <laughs> kind of. So, yeah, I think my staff is adaptable. Yeah, so it has been a – so that's, that's for this campus. That's really where I'd like to go. And then when I retire, I do not know. Don't new know. dreams, new Don't time, know. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
Well, that's especially why I wanted to interview you today is because I have heard and known that the impact that you're having in the community and with your team building and mentorship and being very intentional about using the experiences and the strengths that you have to do good for many people. I love that. I celebrate that with oh, you. So Thank you. I feel very humbled that you said thank oh, you. That's yes, very well, kind of you. Thank you so much for giving us time today to interview you. Oh, really do appreciate exciting. it. Thank you so much. And I would love for you to come out again. Um, and if you would ever be interested in talking to teachers along these same sort of lines, um, you know why they do what they do that would be really fun. especially in an at-risk building yeah because it's not the most glamorous no but people who choose to work here choose it because they have a calling mm -hmm. it's not a yeah it's not just how a many career. teachers are on staff here? uh we have 22 at this building and mm -hmm. eight at my other building okay and so 30 staff members and how many uh, students does that support here on this campus versus the other campus so when this campus is at capacity we have 300 okay. um, and the other campus has about 150 but when we're here's the interesting part we usually run about 400 because you have to remember students are graduating every day at the other campus okay okay and then here we start new students every three weeks and because of part of the nature of being in the at-risk kind of a category is that you, you don't always have stable housing and that kind of thing. So kids come in and out. So usually we're at about 400 students total between the two, never 200 and 200, except last year at the beginning of the year, and that was a little crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. So it's, it's exciting though. I mean, it always is exciting. And the, like I said, the people who choose to work here are a different sort of teacher mm -hmm. they're you know they have a commitment beyond just their curriculum mm. and yeah. that's and that is um something that i admire something that my admin team also did when we were teaching and we're all of that same philosophy that you know we all share that mission and that vision and we may come from very different curricular backgrounds or different backgrounds in general but all of us really feel very strongly Mm -hmm. about the fact that at-risk youth has um, an absolute right to have the very best teachers and the very safest, you know, yeah. sane environment we can provide. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, and great to hear stories of, you said, that student who now has his own shop. It's amazing. He's working there. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. a huge celebration. Of, mm -hmm. It is. It's good stories. That they are, are good stories. And they're I, just the things that happen. I, and I've had students come back within the 15 years to tell me how they're doing. We, you know, we have students that have graduated with their four-year, with their master's. And I also have students that run their own business. I have, you know, it's the gamut. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, one of the most poignant stories was um, a young man who kept trying to make an appointment with me and I didn't recognize his name and I actually thought he was a salesman and so I, wa <laughs> I wasn't like I wasn't like running to that fire and I kept yeah. saying okay okay fine fine and just squeeze him in after lunch and yeah. so this young man comes in and he's like hi you know do you remember me and I'm like mm, you know because he he, he was in his mid-twenties and bearded and you know and <laughs> he's grown up yeah well. he had grown up and and I said I'm not sure and he identified himself and he said I'm just here to thank you because I'm doing my 12 steps and um, do you remember that Thanksgiving 
when because we do a thanksgiving celebration here where we do affirmations and we all have a thanksgiving dinner and it's really fun and he and i invite you if you want to come and he said i had nowhere to go that thanksgiving because i had already burned my bridges with my family i i swore at you and left the school and oh i do remember that now oh, no. <laughs> and i went around the parking lot around the corner and i was sitting behind a tree and you drove up in your car and said why don't you come with me? I have an idea. And I introduced him to this wonderful woman at the Hope office. Mm -hmm. And he was able to get temporary shelter. And he actually was able to connect with his grandma. And he said he spent that Thanksgiving with her. And then, you know, and I didn't know all those pieces. Mm -hmm. So he came back to thank me. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm so grateful that I took the time. Because yeah. I could have said, eh, you know, what a crab. And we have other kids here who really are enjoying this. But he needed something, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. Well, and I'm sure there are a lot of stories that you don't know the end result. Probably. And I'm sure that's yeah. hard, just having faith that things are going well for students and mm -hmm. the impact beyond. But I'm sure then how much more impact it has when they come back and they yeah, tell you this amazing. is the significance it had in my life, that one thing that you did or many yeah. things. Yeah, and you never know. You never know what that might be. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah. It could just be like, hi, how are you? And tell me about, you know, what you did this week. It, you never know. And I will say that kind of thing came from one of my mentors. And that, because oh, okay. I was a special ed teacher for a very long time for kids with emotional and behavioral disorders. And mm -hmm. I remember um, one of my very good friends and mentor teacher who said to me, you know, you, you're just putting money in the bank right now. You don't know what what that's gonna grow into. Mm -hmm. You have no idea, and you may never know, and they may not even remember your name, but they are gonna remember that experience, yeah. and that's gonna change how they react. And that's always really important to remember, because mm -hmm. you don't know, even like go, going through the gas station, it doesn't take you anything to be kind or to greet someone or you know, have a, have a nice experience in that, in that yeah. minute, why not? Right. Made their day, made your day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I bird walked you. Sorry. No, I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's the kind of interviews oh. I enjoy. I guess I should stop this.